You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a breaking news edition of Locked On Pelicans. By now, everyone probably knows that Anthony Davis has requested out of New Orleans, and now his future is up for speculation. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com. Here with you all to kind of break down what this means for New Orleans, how did we get here, What's the future? What's the timeline? Everything you want to know about the Anthony Davis trade request, we are going to cover. So if you're enjoying us for the first time, you want to know a little bit more about the situation, we've got you covered. If you're a Pelicans fan who's been with me since the beginning, we're going to kind of talk you off the ledge a little bit here. We're going to cover kind of all angles of this, and we will be over the next couple of weeks and likely the rest of the season. So in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans, let's just jump right on into everything. So it broke early this morning from Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN.com that Anthony Davis's agent, Rich Paul of Clutch Sports, who he signed with over the summer, and maybe this kind of predicted this move a little bit, informed the New Orleans Pelicans that Anthony Davis would not be signing any extension with the team when he's up for it in 2020 and that he would like a trade to another team. The quote from Rich Paul was, Anthony wants to be traded to a team that allows him a chance to win consistently and compete for a championship. Anthony wanted to be honest and clear with his intentions, and that's the reason for informing them of this decision now. That's in the best interest of both Anthony's and the organization's future. End quote. So that's where we are now. Anthony Davis wants out of New Orleans, away from the Pelicans, and to be traded to a team that wins consistently and where he has a chance to compete for an NBA title, something he does not see being the case here in New Orleans. So how did the Pelicans, how did Davis, how did the city end up in this situation? And I think it's pretty clear by now that over the past seven years, the team, the front office, the franchise has kind of failed Anthony Davis in building a consistent winner around him. In his seven years here in New Orleans, he's made the playoffs twice. He's won a total of five NBA playoff games, and that's it. For a guy who was drafted first overall, who was basically the top prospect coming into the draft since LeBron James, that seems rather low when there's teams and players drafted after him who didn't have as much hype coming in, who've won consistently more than him. Make no mistake, this isn't a failing that's not just on one person, but the entire organization as a whole. A lot of the focus is going to be on general manager Dell Demps, unable to kind of build this championship team around it. And when Anthony Davis was drafted, the over-under on championships was not .5. It wasn't will he get one or will he get zero. It was how many could he win here in New Orleans. And they just weren't able to even remotely put anything like that around him. General manager Dell Demps is going to take the brunt of the blame for all of this. And deservedly so, trading a lot of future first round picks in order to kind of speed up the timeline with Anthony Davis. And those moves just didn't work out. There was a plan here. It was the young vets plan where they thought Anthony Davis would help this team compete sooner rather than later. So rather than letting him grow with a young core of draft picks and developing over three years or so, they thought they could kickstart this and get into competition in one or two years. So significantly sooner than they would have been otherwise. Bringing young veterans, guys like Drew Holiday, 
Tyreek Evans, Eric Gordon, and the others to put around Anthony Davis, who are all kind of ready to help this team win now. There was a plan. That plan just did not work out. Drew Holiday was famously injured for a number of years before really starting to hit his prime over the past two seasons. Eric Gordon did not work out. Tyreek Evans didn't work out. Trading for Omer Ashik did not work out. The list goes on and on and on, and eventually put the Pelicans behind the eight ball when it came to the salary cap. You didn't have cheap, cost-controlled rookies that you could then pay when you needed to or move on or trade for others. It was spending the money, kind of maxing out the salary cap. And because of that, they eventually hit the point where they weren't really able to make any big moves. And then the one big move they did, trading forward to Marcus Cousins, started to look good and then didn't when he eventually ruptured his Achilles late last season. Pelicans went on to make the playoffs somewhat miraculously during that, getting a sweep in the first round, and the future looked bright for this season. And after a good 4-0 start, the team really fell apart due to injuries, due to a lack of defense being played. And eventually, it seems like Anthony Davis just saw the writing on the wall that he wasn't going to be able to compete for an NBA title here in New Orleans this season or in future seasons. And you've heard it a lot recently, and this is something that's always been the case around him if you were here locally, and it's that he cared about winning more than anything else. He wants to go down as one of the best players of all time. He is hyper aware of his legacy. And you've heard him use the phrase legacy a lot recently. And he realizes you need to win and win consistently and win multiple titles if you want to go down as one of the best evers. And he just did not see that being the case here in New Orleans currently. Hence, him wanting out. And that's kind of how this team has ended up in this situation. So a lot of the blame is going to be put on Dell Demps for the moves that he's made and those not working out. But a big chunk of this also needs to be ownership and a lack of accountability with this team. You know, when the team was bought by the NBA and then sold to Saints owner Tom Benson in his advanced age, he wanted to win right away and kind of put that onus and that uh, direction on general manager Dell Demps, which maybe has led to some of the short-sighted moves that the team has made that's put him in the situation that they are. They also have Mickey Loomis, the Saints general manager, kind of as the president overseer of this team, who's been largely hands-off, leaving the day-to-day -day operations in the hands of general manager Dell Demps. But because Loomis is not a basketball guy, because he's so hands-off, there probably hasn't been the accountability that this team has needed to say, hey, things aren't working out, we need to make a change, or we need to shift directions and do what we can to build a better winner around Anthony Davis, or at least sell him on another type of long-term vision for the team. They have not done that. They've consistently gone the same direction every time, and it was clearly a direction that did not work out. The team is six games out of the eighth seed in the Western Conference as I'm recording this right now. Anthony Davis sees the writing on the wall, and we end up at this day where he's requested a trade. So that's how the Pelicans ended up in this specific situation. Now we've got to look forward. What's it mean for the Pelicans? What's it mean for Anthony Davis? And what's it mean for the future, just in general, of the NBA, as every team's looking to probably try and trade for him? But before we do that, don't forget, if you did get a smart speaker over the holidays or you have one in your house, you can use it to play this podcast, the Locked On NBA podcast, or any of your favorite podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. All you do is need to tell your smart speaker to play, quote, play podcast Locked On Pelicans, play podcast Locked On NBA, and you'll get the latest episode whenever you want to listen to it. So make sure you tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On Pelicans. So Anthony Davis has requested a trade. 
Now what? And that's a big question. And before you can even look at the timeline, do you trade him before the upcoming trade deadline? Do you trade him after the lottery, before the draft, during the draft? And what teams are most likely to end up with Anthony Davis? There's a bigger question that needs to be answered first, and that's who's trading Anthony Davis? Is it going to be general manager Dell Demps, whose you know, leadership and decision-making has led to this being the request from Anthony Davis that he no longer wants to be here? Is it general manager for the Saints, Mickey Loomis, who oversees Dell Demps? Is it ownership looking to get a little bit more involved than they have been before? And all of these players in this, players being Demps, ownership, Loomis, have maybe different agendas. General manager Dell Demps is probably GMing and needs to make this trade to potentially keep his job. The prevailing theory here in New Orleans is that he's out at the end of the season and if you're going to fire him can you really let him make the trade that kind of determines the direction of the franchise the future of the franchise the answer is probably no to that because of this indecision and the fact that there's no clear uh, plan or long-term vision for the team as of this moment they were reportedly a little bit blindsided for this but have been preparing for it it seems like nothing's going to happen during the year you'll fire general manager Dell Demps you'll bring in someone new who then can pick the trade that he likes best for Anthony Davis that gives him a solid base for rebuilding this team and getting them back into contention whoever that might be. So that's the immediate question. And then the short-term question is, does general manager Dell Demps then guide them throughout this deal going to up to the trade deadline? And do they become massive sellers compared to massive buyers, which they were before? I think we'll learn more about this over the next couple of days. If you go by the media availability today with uh, head coach Alvin Gentry, he said, AD is going to play. This team is hoping they can get into the playoffs this year, go on a run like they did after the Nikola Mirotic trade last season, and maybe show that they're a winning franchise. That seems unlikely, given that they're six out of the eighth spot in the West with five teams ahead of them. But that's the approach they're taking, meaning Nikola Mirotic, Julius Randle, maybe Etuan Moore, and others, Drew Holiday, are going to likely be on this team throughout this season. So no real changes coming for the Pelicans other than it sounds like it's just kind of business as usual for the team. Because of that, it's likely best to move on from Dell Demps today and get someone in right away who can at least understand that maybe trading some of these guys is best for the team, but that's not exactly the way the Pelicans operate. And when you talk about ownership, they're likely not going to step in and kind of even realize they need to make that decision. So what's it mean for Anthony Davis and a potential trade? With the trade deadline less than two weeks away and the team that can maybe make the best offer, the Boston Celtics, unable to trade for Anthony Davis right now due to the Rose rule with Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis. Nothing's probably going to happen for a little bit. The Pelicans are likely going to be starting to gather offers from almost 29 teams in the league, you have to imagine, and they'll try and make one kind of a decision in the future this offseason. It sounds like AD knows he's going to be playing on this team the rest of the year. There's a couple reasons for this. One, again, the Celtics can't jump in and they likely have some of the best assets and it can drive up other offers even if you don't like the offer uh, from the Boston Celtics. So maybe it makes the Lakers offer a little bit more. Maybe it makes Philly offer a little bit more, another team that's been rumored to have interest in Anthony Davis and has the assets to bring him in. But even more so than that, you probably want to know how the NBA draft lottery ends up. If the Knicks end up with the number one overall pick and are able to put something together centered around Kristaps Porzingis, Kevin Knox, and the number one overall pick, 
that's going to be a very appealing package. So it's in the Pelicans' best interest to wait. This will not drag on beyond this summer. I think that much is clear. His value, uh, Anthony Davis's value, will start to go down significantly if he's on the Pelicans' roster for next season, as then he becomes a much more short-term rental. And you've got to wonder how much that's going to play into potentially some of these offers as well. So it'll be interesting to see what this means for the Pelicans in the league as a whole, because this is a way that maybe another team rises up to challenge the Golden State Warriors. So there's also some other impacts here in New Orleans that I think are worth mentioning, though these kind of are separate from on-court players and the front office and the hirings and firings and trades and different things there. And you've got to look at, say, the season ticket staff for the New Orleans Pelicans who are about to start season ticket renewals and how hard their job's going to be. And if the interest drops, do you need that big of a staff anymore to try and sell those season tickets and provide the services that that is? So people's lives are impacted this um, from the top to the bottom, the very bottom of the organization as well. There's always the question of will the Pelicans leave New Orleans and move to Seattle or another location? While I think they are solidly here in New Orleans under Gail Benson's ownership, she was the big driving factor um, for her late husband, Tom Benson, buying the team when he had an initial trip about that. I think, you know, it opens the door a little bit. Their lease goes through 2024. So you've got five more years of that. But if interest significantly drops in the team and they've had issues with attendance in the past, I think it's been a little bit overblown, but they've had some issues with attendance. And if you trade Anthony Davis and you lose that second superstar now after the Chris Paul trade too, does interest kind of fall off? Maybe it opens the door a little bit more if this team just isn't making the kind of money or isn't as positive as they would like it to be. Again, I think that's a, a discussion for five, six, seven years from now, but it's certainly one that maybe is worth have, having and looking at a little bit, though I don't think that's going to end up being the case. But beyond the obvious on-court things, there are clearly some big ramifications of this Anthony Davis trade decision coming down the line for the city of New Orleans. So before we get to what New Orleans is looking for in return for Anthony Davis, what type of package are they looking for as they trade their star player? There's going to be a lot of rumors flying. We know this. We're less than two weeks away from the NBA trade deadline. You need to know what to make of all of it. And the best way to do that is listening Monday through Friday to the Locked On NBA podcast, five days a week, covering the games the night before, talking about the biggest stories, giving you an angle you don't get anywhere else. And we've got some great recurring guests in Ben Golliver of the Washington Post and Sam Amick of The Athletic, both of who guys have been all over this Anthony Davis story. And of course, I co-host the Wednesday edition alongside John Corrales of Locked On Celtics. So make sure you listen and subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast. So where might Anthony Davis end up? And the answer to that is, you know, we really don't know right now. There's going to be 29 teams calling the Pelicans and making offers. Some might be more serious than others. Some have more potential than others. You've heard the obvious names of the Lakers being maybe number one right now, and you have to figure they're going to try and be very aggressive through the uh, February 7th trade deadline as they hold a bit of an advantage right now that the Boston Celtics, because of the Rose Rule and Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis being on the same type of contract that they can't enter into talks or trade for Anthony Davis just yet, it gives the Lakers a little bit of an advantage to kind of make a run at Anthony Davis and see if they can get him on this team before someone can come in and outbid them. Certainly Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram have not had the type of seasons that make them the most attractive trade uh, assets.
benefits. And Anthony Davis is not given the Pelicans a list of teams he wants to be traded to just to go to a consistent winner. So that loses some leverage there for the Lakers a little bit. A team that maybe could sweep in earlier rather than later and not wait till this offseason would be the Philadelphia 76ers. Are they willing to part with Ben Simmons and some other assets potentially to bring Anthony Davis there and build around a core of AD, Joel Embiid, and Jimmy Butler? That's potentially uh, an option as well, though I don't know how much Philly's interested in that. Um, but keep an eye on them. They might kind of be a dark horse for as much as they can be in this. The other obvious name is going to be a team like the Boston Celtics, who have to wait until Kyrie Irving opts out of his contract unless they're going to include him in a deal. And I can't imagine that's going to be the case. That's the team that probably has the most assets that the Pelicans would want. You could do a combination of some sort of, you know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Uh, Marcus Smart, they've got a couple first-round picks from the Kings, from the Grizzlies, their own as well, I believe, that they could include in a trade. And that would give the Pelicans that kind of package of young players with upside and draft compensation. Certainly, those are two things the Pelicans are going to be looking for in any trade. They might also be looking for salary cap relief, expiring contracts, sending out a guy like Solomon Hill, who's one of the reasons maybe that Anthony Davis is now looking for a trade away from New Orleans. There may be some dark horses as well. You've got a team like Charlotte who's been rumored to have eyes on Anthony Davis and maybe tries to be really aggressive in bringing him there. Portland could be another team as well. Would the Wizards be willing to trade Bradley Beal for Anthony Davis? You know, I think this is all kind of up in the air right now, and we're going to see this play out maybe over the next 48 hours or so. Who's really making a run at AD now, and who maybe is waiting to see if the ping pong balls go in their favor? That team would obviously be the New York Knicks, that if they end up with the number one overall pick, maybe, you know, the idea of drafting Zion Williamson and Porzingis and Kevin Knox or some sort of combination of those three guys could maybe make it enough for the Pelicans to trade them there. If Anthony Davis wants to go to a consistent winner, it also could complicate things a little bit. Maybe he doesn't want to go to the Knicks, who haven't been winning a whole lot, and tells the Knicks, I won't resign there, limiting the options that the Pelicans have on the trade market for him. So what teams are in the running really is going to kind of set the tone and set the direction for where the Pelicans kind of make this move, as well as what ownership wants to do. Do you just tear this team down to the base level trade everyone for future first round picks or are they worried about the disinterest from fans and do they try and retool on the fly remember when uh del demps was here in his first season or second season and traded away chris paul to the lakers first a deal that didn't really include young players but instead was older vets who'd kind of gotten it done before in hopes of putting together a team that could get right back into the playoffs is that what ownership's going to want this time around and does that maybe affect the package that new orleans might receive in exchange for anthony davis so there's a lot of unknowns right now but the obvious teams, the obvious organizations are still going to be the ones that are kind of making the effort and have been preparing for this for a significant period of time right now. But most likely nothing gets done until after the NBA draft lottery when those hypothetical future first round picks become numbers and you know where they're going to fall and that can affect your strategy as well. So while Anthony Davis wants out of New Orleans and we know that, where he's going to go I think still remains to be seen and you never know if one other team is going to come up uh, with another offer that somehow blows others away or maybe just massively overpays to take a risk on uh, trading for Anthony Davis not knowing that if he uh, not knowing if he will resign there.
So obviously this story is just beginning for New Orleans and here on the Locked on Pelicans podcast, I will be covering this the rest of the week, the rest of the month, the rest of the season, starting tomorrow where we're going to talk about the biggest burning questions now that arise from Anthony Davis making this trade request. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe to the Locked on Pelicans podcast wherever you get your podcast from Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, the iTunes store, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of those places. So thank you all for listening. I'll be back with you all tomorrow to dive into this story a little bit more.